Thank you, Jeff. Uh, as, as Ben has prayed, uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the elders here at Mercy Hill Church, and uh, we are continuing our sermon series through the Gospel of John. Uh, we do verse by verse, and so we are in John 15. You guys have your Bibles. You guys can stay right there. Uh, I'm going to continue the theme of Ben's prayer, though, in inviting you to be childlike just for a moment. Imagine that you are in my kitchen. Not my kitchen currently, but like a gourmet kitchen with a giant island, just beautiful. And I, right now, invite your kids to come up to my island. And they come up, and, and they sit down in the chairs, and you know, they sit down on their knees, kind of leaning on the, on the countertop, and, and sitting on my island is a three-tier cake and three types of ice cream. Now, I'm not just talking like Neapolitan ice cream, I'm talking like gourmet ice cream. And like staged, like Food Network type staged cake. Beautifully decorated. And the kids come up and they sit down and obviously what are they looking at? They're looking at this cake and, and ice cream. And I begin to teach the kids about caloric intake. And I begin to tell them how cake and ice cream isn't a good breakfast. And how they need to eat their vegetables and need to have a balanced diet. And I, and I continue to work through macros and proteins and fats and all these things. And just tell them like, hey, we need to be healthy. This isn't for you. You don't need to eat any of this. Do you think they heard any of that? The answer is no, right? Obviously, they, they are focused in on the cake and ice cream. Okay, so let me, let me do, do it this way then. I, bring, I call the kids up and as soon as they sit down in the chair, I take the cake and I take the ice cream and I put it in the on the counter behind me. Then I proceed to talk about caloric intake and proteins and balanced diet and vegetables. And do you think they heard anything I said? Absolutely not. They're actually looking straight through me. They have x-ray vision and they're staring at the cake and ice cream behind me. They're trying to figure out when are we having cake and ice cream and that's it. For you and I, our world is a lot like the cake and ice cream. We've got lots of distractions, lots of things that divide us, a lot of divisive things right now that, that take our attention away from the thing that we want or should want. Now listen, I'm not saying cake and ice cream for breakfast. However, it's a desire like it's got our attention. Jesus this morning in John 15 is teaching us about the best life. He's teaching us about how we can live as followers of Jesus, as disciples of Jesus, in the best way, what is best for us. And, and, and with all the distractions and all the divisiveness and whatever those are, maybe you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay your bills this month, or maybe you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay for, for a kid's college, or, or maybe, sadly, maybe, you're, you're self-medicating to try to cope with the struggles of, of life. Or maybe you're depressed and you're anxious. Or, or maybe you're so busy that you don't have any time to think about anything else but your busyness. Maybe you're, you're, you're so divided and you, ha you have such anger towards somebody who thinks differently than you politically. Or uh, mask or no mask. Or... Um, Systemic racism or no systemic racism, police brutality or no police brutality, all these things that have our attention right now specifically are in our face, are in our lives, and Jesus has something to say to us, but we're too busy looking through Jesus, looking around Jesus to see these other things because that's what we think is important right now. 
And so my, my prayer this morning for us, for all of us, including myself, is that we would hear Jesus and that we would see Jesus and we would listen to Jesus this morning. It's not, it's not easy to do. We are uh, prone to wander, as the, the hymn says. We are prone to, to wander in many multiple directions. And yet Jesus is calling us this morning and teaching us about abiding. He's teaching us about a life of purpose. A life that bears fruit. A life that is growing in love, that glorifies God in everything they do. And a life whose joy is made full. The best life. But, 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 but what, because of whatever we've bought into, whatever our ethos is, whatever we're living for, we, we can't or won't hear Jesus this morning. And we need Him this morning. We need to hear Jesus this morning. We need Him this morning. So I want to begin, I want to begin this morning by summarizing the first section of our, our Scripture. It, if you've been in church for any length of time, it's a familiar Scripture. Jesus is, is teaching that He is divine. We are the branches. Before I go there, though, let me remind you of why John wrote this book. He wrote this book that you would know that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is God, and that you would believe in Him and have life. Those are the two reasons. In John 20, it's clearly stated why this book was written. And so once again, Jesus is speaking and He is saying, by saying, I am the true vine, He is saying He is God. Just once again, to His listeners, He is making that statement that He is God. And so, just to set the stage for us, that's where Jesus begins this section. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches, as he says, and he continues to say. Now, I've never seen a branch reconnect to a, to a vine or a tree or a bush. I've never seen a vine not want to be part of, or never seen a branch not part of the vine that, it wants, you know, that, that it's a part of. It's never separated itself. It's always been separated by something. So what we need to understand is, is that in what Jesus is teaching, this familiar story is that, the, that Jesus being the vine, we are connected to Him. But let me stop there and say, who is we? Jesus is speaking to followers. He's speaking to His disciples. So He's speaking to us this morning who have placed our faith in Jesus. Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Those who believe that He came, lived, and died a perfect sinless death for our sins. That's who Jesus is speaking to. So His audience then is believers, and so you and I sit in here can hear words from Jesus because we are his audience and his listeners. So Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. We are connected to Jesus as followers. A branch is always connected to the vine unless it's been cut off, and all its life, all its nutrients, everything that it needs comes from the vine. This would be a very familiar illustration for the people, for Jesus' audience here in, uh, in John. They would get it right away. You and I don't deal, unless we have big gardens or we've got some vine that we don't enjoy, we don't deal with vines very often. 
But what Jesus is teaching, though, is that, is that we, as followers of Him, are connected to Him. Everything we have is because of Jesus. Everything that we need is through Jesus as the vine. The word abide is, is, is mentioned 11 times just in our 17 verses. This word means to tether. means to be connected. means to be part of. We are connected and we are tethering with Jesus. And the only way that a, a, a person or a branch, both the same, bears fruit is by being connected to the vine. No branch lying on the ground is going to bear fruit. It can't. Impossible to do. And so there's this an assumption in Jesus' teachings that if you are part of the vine, then you will bear fruit. If you are part of the vine, then there will be evidence of what, what vine you're a part of. And then, of course, there's growth. There's an assumption that we will grow as followers of Jesus. So Jesus is saying that He is God, Him and Father are one. He is saying that He is the vine and we are the branches and part of Him. He is saying that we can't do anything apart from Him. He's also saying that there is pruning He's also saying that, that those who get cut off get thrown into the fire. There's a lot happening in this, but the important thing for us this morning, we can't cover everything, but the important thing for us this morning is, is that we as followers of Jesus can't do anything apart from Jesus. There's no way, if, ands, or but. And what Jesus is offering in the Christian life, in the followers of, of His, is the best life. And I don't mean senior superlative best. Best smile, best athlete, best humor. I don't, I don't mean that. I mean, uh, I just can't think of another adjective, but the best life. He offers the greatest life. Imagine there's a box sitting up here on stage. Enough for me to step into. And inside this box, this box represents the life that Jesus is calling us to. The life that we can live. So inside the box, I am with Jesus. Outside the box, I am not with Jesus. Are you following me? Keep, keep you guys on your toes and thinking throughout this sermon. Inside this box, I'm with Jesus. And I am, I am connected to Jesus. I have the ability to step out of the box a, a little bit because I am sinful and I wander and I, I question a lot of things in a, in a sinful way, not in an innocent way like Ben was praying about kids and their, and their questions. But I'm inside this box and I, and I look down in this box and I find a blanket. And I pick this blanket up and I'm like, what is this blanket for? And Jesus tells me it's for peace and for comfort, for those dark and cold and difficult times that you're going to experience. You can wrap it around yourself and take care of yourself, and I can provide that for you. I look down, and, and there's, there's a, a pruning shears, and I'm, I, I'm thinking, what are, what are these for, Jesus? This doesn't make any sense. This, this seems negative. And he says, oh, that's for pruning. I can, I can take these, and I can cut off this branch and, and this one, and, and, and you know what will happen? More will grow. I have this tree to, to the left of my front porch. And LJ was mad at me in the spring. I cut it down. I cut it down to like it looked awful. And, and I didn't cut it down all the way. I just trimmed it back and, 
he used to, LJ is my youngest, he used to climb up in there and just hang out in the tree. Well, it was just getting, just, it wasn't looking great. It was starting to grow onto the house, so I, I cut it back. I cut it back so far that when Jamie came home, she said, what did you do? <laughs> like, is, that's not going to grow back. Well, now, I wish I would have taken a picture of it. Now, I can't see my neighbor's house on the other side. So much leaves, so many leaves, so much foliage had grown back and grown into it because pruning had happened and gave it room to grow even more. Gave it room to, to do things that it, it couldn't have done before. See, pruning isn't bad for us as, as uh, branches, as branches connected to the vines. Sometimes we think pruning may be bad. Sometimes we think that that relationship is really important when, when God says, when Jesus says, mm, maybe not. But I have something better for you. I have something better for you. Maybe, maybe Jesus is saying that, that I need to prune that job or prune that, that, that self-belief that, that you're important as you think you are. Maybe we need to, he needs to prune something else in your life, but it's all for our good and his glory because that's what he's offering us is the best life. In this, in this box, I'm also finding value. I'm finding purpose. I'm, I'm finding acceptance in Jesus. I'm finding identity in Jesus in this box. And yet, often... I step out of this box and I look around at, at all this other stuff going on and I come back and say, well, the box is so small. Look at all this out here. I can do all of these things and not live in this box. But what Jesus is saying is the box is what's good. The box is what's right. The box is what's best. Live inside my box and you won't find limits. You'll find freedom. You'll find joy. You'll find purpose. But we think something completely different. But see, this, this box, this is why the, 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 the psalmist in, in Psalm 84.10 says, one day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. One day in the presence of God, one day in that box, in the life that Jesus has called us to, is far better than anything else we may experience or live out. But we look at that box and say, that can't be it. Some of us in this room, some of us watching on, on Facebook Live, some of us our friends or family members are looking at that box and saying, I can't see how that is good. They can't believe that that is life. No, all of this is life, but all of this leads to nothing, emptiness, and death. Because this out here is not connected to the vine, the lifeline, as this box is. I know, analogies fall short. All analogies fall short. So stay with me. We ignore this box. We look through this box. We look around this box because we see something else we want over there like the kids with the cake and ice cream. And we never get in and we just don't believe 
But Jesus is saying, hey, stay with me in this box. It's what's best. Stay connected to me. So how do we do that? Because it's not just self-will that you're going to be able to stay in this box. Because we're all weak. We all wander, as I've already said. We all struggle. So how do we do this? Well, Jesus tells us. And these guys, these, these are not life-shattering. Just heads up. There is nothing new that is going to be said this morning. But very important. So what does Jesus tell us? Well, in verse 7 and in verse 10, he tells us, let's read verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. And then verse 10, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Commandments, word, We have to be in the Word, guys. We have to be in His Word. We have to know Scripture. We have to believe Scripture. We have to read Scripture. We have to learn Scripture. Because we all, we we believe. We believe that this here, right here, these however many pages, 1,500 pages in this book in my hand and the book in your lap and the book on your phone, these are the words of God to us anytime And all the time. And if these are the words of God to us, then they are practical and applicable at all times. Even when we don't believe it, even when we don't think it, even when we don't want to know it, this still is the Word of God. And so, we need to know what God says. We need to know what the characteristics of God are. Next thing that Jesus tells us is the second part of verse 7 and verse 16. Verse second part of verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And then the second part of verse 16 says, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. There is communication. There is prayer. Praying, being in His Word and prayer. This is how we connect to Jesus. This is how we we stay in the box. There's also one more thing that we can do as followers of Jesus. And if if you're like, man, Chris, this is really like elementary. Yes. The message is simple. The impact is great. But it's true, and it's all true. The last thing we can do, or the last thing for me this, from me this morning, is we can slow down. We can slow down. There's a reason that Jesus used a vine as the illustration. It takes a little while for a vine to grow. It takes a little while. It takes days and nights of me staring at that tree on my porch going, what did I do? This looks awful. Now I've got to find another tree to put there. Like, this is terrible. How am I going to fix this? And yet, after time, after trusting in Jesus, after being patient, the branch bears fruit. The tree bears fruit. Your life bears fruit. But see, we're so busy. 
We're so distracted by things. Technology was supposed to free us up, and it's actually made us more busy. Jamie and I are in the middle of of finishing up our DCS paperwork, and, you know, towards the end of these things, there's always something missing. There's always a a, a tag receipt or an insurance card or whatever, and so she'll just call or, or email or text us and say, hey, I don't have this. Well, what do we do? We immediately stop, go get that, scan it, send it off, and be done. It's great. But what did we stop doing <laughs> to do that, right? We stopped doing something else, and now I've got to come back and finish whatever that was to then do this. We are so busy, and, and technology is, is, is a tool and a resource, but it's made us even more busy. We're so busy that we can't grasp sometimes where we are. I'm reading a leadership book, and one of the, one of the things in the leadership book is to create margin in your life i got to create margin in my life because I'm so busy. And I think, and we're going to touch on this in a few minutes, but we're so busy because we think life is all about us. And the reality of what Jesus is teaching is it's all about the vine. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Think about a, a, an astronaut on a space. Well, we have no astronauts in the room, right? <laughs> Uh, think about an astronaut on a spacewalk. He's tethered to the spacecraft. And, and on, that, in that, on that tether, one, it, it connects them to the spacecraft so they don't go off wandering into outer space and dying. It also supplies oxygen for that astronaut. The, the oxygen could be that, that, that in the Word, Right? We, we need oxygen to survive. We need God's Word to survive. Not to be so that we can be smarter. Not so that we can be better. Not so that we can uh, be, be, be a, 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 a more moral Christian. We need God's Word because it's who He is and it's how we get to know Him. We need that oxygen. Prayer can be that tether. It's connecting us to the spacecraft. It's connecting us to Jesus so that we can have intimate conversations back and forth with Jesus. And then I haven't seen, I mean, I've seen space movies and videos and all sorts of things. Like, they don't move very fast. Seems like in space movies, when they start moving fast, that's when things get really bad. Whatever it may be. Whatever happens. And so, so there's this sense that every moment, every movement, every step is intentional. I'm pulling back towards the ship. I'm sliding down the spacecraft to get to the door. Whatever it is, like everything is intentional. You and I can and should live lives that are intentional where every step is measured and determined by Jesus and His Word and your relationship with Him. Do you see that? So how do we, how do we stay in this box? How do we stay tethered to Jesus be in His Word, prayer, and slow down just a little. Slow down. So then for us, what does this look like? What does this look like for us? Like, rubber meets the road. Okay, Chris. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm moments away from just giving up this, this Christian life. Just all together. Life is so hard. Which, which reminds me of the, the children's story. Like we have so many questions about Jesus' return, but there's one thing we can, we can all be sure of, like come quickly, Jesus. 
Because this life is hard. It's difficult. The struggles are real. So what does this look like? Well, in verse 12 through 17, the last paragraph of our, of our Scripture, the simplest stripped-down answer is love. I could fold my, Bible, fold my notebook up, put, close my Bible, and walk away because that's the simplest of answers, is love. Now, I can build on that a little bit. So we have Jesus' love that He speaks of in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now you could almost see, before getting into verse 13, you can almost see Jesus knowing that somebody was going to say, well, what does that mean? Love one another like I have loved you. I mean, you were a good teacher. You know, you were, you were fun to be around. You know, I, I, you, know you smelled good. You didn't stink. Like, what, what, is that, what does that mean? Well, he says in verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, almost like he knew somebody would ask, well, what does that mean? Verse 12, greater love has no one than they would lay down their life for another. Jesus could say, I did that. And he's saying to you, and he's saying to me, and he's saying to everyone who is listening that he did that. He laid down his life for you and for me. That was the love and is the love that Jesus is talking about. And for you and I, because we are tethered to Jesus, because we are connected to Him and we're trying to live within this, with, in this best life in this box that He has prescribed for us, we want nothing more than to, to live in this box we have to know that it begins and ends with Jesus' love. It begins and ends with His love. Which, because of His love, we're able to love one another. We're able to set aside our differences and love. Guys, I, this may shock you, but it is possible to be a Republican and a Christian. It is also possible to be a Democrat and a Christian. It is also possible to be an independent and a Christian. Because political views don't change the fact that you, whether you are a child of God or not. And if you think that that's impossible, that's not love. It is, it is possible to disagree and love. It is possible to put aside your firm beliefs in or opinions, not beliefs, your opinions, and to love somebody in spite of those. It is possible. It is, it is possible to, to, to say, you know what, this life isn't about me. It's about Jesus. And how do I bring glory to God? How do I bring glory to God in, in sharing the love for some of us, it, it looks like submitting to city government and neighborhood bureaucracy to get some work done on your house, as I am having to do. Because it's not about me. And what's more important is the name of Jesus. If I was to make the decisions, it would be all about me. 
and everything would be my way. It's how I drive, too, just to be honest. Like, if everybody would just drive like me, it would be all better. Make decisions like me. Everything would be better, right? But it's not. It's not about me, and it's not about you. It's about Jesus and His name. And inside this box, tethered to Jesus, tethered to the vine, we can do everything to the glory of God where His name matters more. Look back at John 13, just a chapter and a half before, verse 35. It says, By this, all people will know that you are My disciples if you have love for one another. His disciples. It doesn't say that by this all people will know that you are good people if you, love for one, if you have love for one another. It doesn't say that by this all people will know that you are great at basketball. No. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, Jesus' disciples, His followers, if you have love for one another. Christian, it's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about Jesus. For some of us, this love may, may look like a daily, open-handed obedience to love everyone no matter what. Everyone from your coworker that gets on your nerves to the homeless guy who, the third homeless guy you met that same day trying to get lunch. Open-handed obedience where you're looking past your circumstances, your situation, and the other person's circumstances and situations and looking at them as God sees them. Remembering the purpose that He's given and the love that He's shown to you and to me. Some of us, it, it looks like giving up the most important, what we hold the dearest, most dear thing and giving it away. Whatever that may be. Your shoe collection. Time. Money. Material items. The skills that you have. And I could go on and on and on. For some of you, it's giving up uh, free work, free labor to help somebody. I could just go on. But abiding looks different for so many people because the glory of God is so much more. It's so more, much more vast than we know or think. And we can't imagine. Living inside this box connects us to Jesus, which connects us to His glory, which is far greater than we can think or imagine. Jesus is inviting us to, that, to the best life. The Gospel tells us that God loved us first. The Gospel tells us that, that God loved us first and He sent His Son, Jesus. See, the, the, the branch connected to the vine, there is an, an, an assumed desperation in that branch. Everything is dependent on the vine for the, for the branch. If for some reason that branch gets cut off, it does not survive. It needs the vine. 
And you and I need Jesus, and we need to understand the gospel that it's not about us. As was shared earlier, it is not about us. It's about God and His love for us. Verse 16 in our text, and I want to end with this. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. You have been chosen for this moment, for this season that you are living in right now. As Ben talked about questions earlier, it would be, it'd be interesting if Jesus could just tell us how many times he's had to answer why. Or how many times he's heard the question why. Just in the last eight months. Just, oh, you know what, just 2020. Just why. We all ask that question. Why am I losing loved ones? Why is there so much fear around us? Why is my body so vulnerable to a sickness? Why can't I go here? Why this? Why is there so much racism and hate? Why is it so difficult? Why is there so much hate between political agendas? That doesn't make any sense. Why do we have to argue about something so silly as wearing masks or not masks? Why? But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because Jesus is with you and you've been chosen for this moment, for this season, for this time. You've been chosen to love. Verse 12, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Every one of us wants to be loved. And everyone in here who has, who has experienced Jesus' presence and His salvation has experienced love on a level that is unmatched in this world. You've been chosen for joy. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you. I have said these things to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Every one of us wants to be happy. We want to be full of joy. Does that mean we're always smiling, always boisterous, always happy? No. It means that the joy of the Lord is in us and is, He says, I have said these things that it would be in you and that your joy may be full, abundant, complete, overflowing. Listen, when God chooses, He's always right. When questions come, when uncertainties come, when fear shows its head, his, his face, when anxiety kicks in, doubt begins. We start doubting ourselves. We start doubting God. We start unbelieving the, this and, and not believing that. We start doubting all these things. But when God chooses, He is always right. So don't be afraid, Christian. Don't be afraid for the call on your life. You've been chosen. 
Don't be afraid to step back into that box. And don't, don't buy the lie that, that Jesus doesn't love you because you've left the box. No, He's calling you. He's right there with you. You've been chosen for this. He has chosen you and He will grow you and He will walk with you. Know this this morning. Know this. That if you are connected to the vine, if you are connected to Jesus, He is with you. Jesus offers the greatest life any of us could imagine. Does that mean we all become millionaires, build amusement parks, and sell technology like nobody's business? No. But it does mean that the life that we live glorifies God and our joy is made complete don't miss him this morning don't be like those kids on the island looking past Jesus looking through Jesus looking through me as I'm teaching about things that are important things that are good don't be like the kids and miss Jesus standing right there saying I choose you The life that Jesus calls us to is a growing life full of love, full of joy, full of purpose, and it glorifies God in all that it does. And you can't find that anywhere else. You can look a million places and you will never find all of that. Jesus offers life. And a life that you and I need. And in fact, he's put a desire in us to want. So pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. For choosing us. God, I pray your word sticks with us, stays with us, and that even right now, as this, this spirit, Your Spirit is moving among us and speaking to us, that our desire to meet You and to be with You would grow even more right in this moment. We need You. We need to hear from You. We need to see You. We need to feel You. We need to know You more. And so we ask You to move in a way that only You can. God, show us C.S. Lewis says, show us the holiday by the sea as we're playing in the mud pile. Show us how much better tethering to Jesus is. We need you this morning and we pray in Jesus' name that your will will be done in your people. Amen.